Hey y'all, this is Byron. I uh, just want to put something out there. Yes, I am a mental health therapist. And yes, my couch is quite comfortable. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a certified or licensed mental health therapist. So though I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to me and hopefully gain some information and insight about what's going on with you from listening to this podcast, Take the time to seek out mental health resources in your area if you so need to. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. couch i'm your host byron taylor um this is a bit of a somber occasion coming back to the show um i'll get into the topic at hand um, in a little bit but let me first introduce my guest for the week my very first guest on the podcast my younger brother ej say what's up jay yeah yeah what's on with it what's good with y'all yeah so i had initially planned to have ej on the podcast this week um which we'll talk about the reason why I wanted him on, but um, and a bit of news that we got today, we lost uh, we lost a legend in the NBA is uh, Kobe Bean Bryant um, passed away today in uh, a helicopter crash along with his thirteen uh, year old daughter uh, Gianna, um, along with seven others who were listed on the manifest that um, the authorities are still going through the wreckage. Um, my thoughts and our thoughts and prayers are with uh, 
Kobe's wife, uh, Vanessa, and his, uh, his other two daughters. Um, City of LA, the Lakers organization, um, and most of them guys in the NBA um, that were tied to Kobe. Um, certainly, all the Kobe stands sure. out out here. Which I mean, it's uh, like I told Courtney, um, it's a very sad way to end the debate of who was the best player in this generation between him and Tim Duncan. So now every Kobe fan now has all of the extra. Um, ammo to go with it because uh, we see the the overwhelming just like impact of his presence in the NBA and throughout the sports world. So, you know, you and I, you know, obviously dad raises up on the game and taught us to be students of the game. So what was like your what was one of your some of your biggest takeaways of Kobe as a as a ball player, as a as a figure in the NBA? You know, the whole idea of model mentality, you know, it's more than just a you say it or you shoot a, you know, paper ball or a trash game, you don't have Kobe. Um, you know, truthfully, you know, like you said, dad raises up in the game to to be students of the game, to watch it from different aspects that most people don't. When you look at Kobe, you can see the the full the full work of, of, of how much he put into it. On and off the court, like you can tell that he was truly like a student like the student like the people in the game like you know reference uh, to your your fame Star Wars mm-hmm. you know 18 years old at the time the youngest uh, player to be in, in drafted into the NBA at that time mm-hmm. to go from that skinny little kid out there doing whatever to right. pretty much like a household name like an icon like a legend mm-hmm. um, you don't get there overnight all right. So the main thing, like I could take away from Kobe, um, just the man, the proof of work, man, just how much he put into it, like day in and day out, trying to grind, be the best at pretty much every part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there'll be a lot to come after him, but it'll be it won't be too many that could ever that could ever amount to to Kobe Bryant for sure. Yeah, um, Jason Williams or oh, Jay Williams, Duke. Uh, yeah. Jay, he Jason Williams. I know he goes by Jay Williams just so he people don't confuse him with the other Jason Williams. Right. Not the white Jason Williams, the New Jersey Nets. I kind of killed a guy, Jason Williams. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can see how that could be bad. Right. But uh, Jay Williams said something where, like, his one year that he played um, before his his motorcycle accident where he went, he was like, I got to the stable center early. I went to go get some shots up. And I look up and I hear the ball dribbling behind me. And I'm like, what is that? And he turned around looking. It was Kobe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, man, what you doing up in here, bro? He's like, hey, man, I just want to let you know that you're going to work hard. And I'm going to respect the grind. But you ain't never going to outwork me. Really? <laughs> and, and Jay Williams was like, man, like, yo, he, like, something about that, like, stuck with me for the rest of my life. Um, when I think of Kobe, I think of that just relentlessness that even in defeat, you were not going to get the best of him. Um, What I will remember about Kobe is the evolution of him as a ball player and even him as a man. Um, I know he certainly made his mistakes with, uh, you know, the the Colorado situation and, you know, the, the press conference and all that. But him maturing and growing to become the elder statesman in the league and him getting to the point where him and Shaq could, squash the beef and make amends 
um, where they actually could reflect fondly on their relationship together um, to like he said, um, he didn't really have a relationship when Jordan when Jordan was in the league. So he wanted to kind of foster that with LeBron and with Wade and Melo and those guys um, that he didn't really get from Jordan. And you can see that, you know, up until, you know, today as he passed, um, that he had he absolutely had, a you know, a, a genuine friendship with mm-hmm. with the guys that he was contemporaries and rivals with where with Jordan. That was few and far between. And even the guys that were his contemporaries, you could all, always make the case that he was better than every last one of them. Barkley, Ewing, Bird. I don't think he was even really like super tight with Magic like that. Isaiah Thomas, he hated Isaiah Thomas. Right. He still don't like Isaiah Thomas. Um, but it was just something different with Kobe. Um, what's your favorite memory of Kobe on the court? Hmm. You know, I, I'd have to say, and it's probably the last basketball memory that we'll have is him dropping sixty. Man, I mean, it's it's you know throughout his twenty year career, so many times that you can say, well, you know, it was this night or it was this night. You know, he dropped eighty one, or he had the reverse dunk. You know, he went behind his back and came up and flushed it. It's like, but that last game, that last round where you can see like he literally left everything on the court to where when he was done he had zero regrets mm-hmm. that right there is iconic just because of you know at the end whenever they had uh he got to speak at the end um he had discussed where the best part about it he thought was the down years because they pushed through they fought they did it the right way so i mean that's something we can all take in life that even when it's down you just gotta keep pushing mm-hmm. and it just showed that you know the kind of man that he was like even when you think you're done, it's going to give you a show. Man, I was uh, I was laying in bed, totally was asleep. So, of course, I was still married. This was 2016. So, she was asleep, and I'm sitting there trying to be quiet as a mouse while he out here dropping 60. I'm just sitting in bed. It's like 1230 at night because the game's in L.A., and I'm just like, come on, Kobe, come on. I'm like, come on, come on, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Um... Him dunking on Steve Nash. I think the time he dunked on Steve Nash, the time he dunked on Dwight Howard. Yeah, there was a little, uh, a little extra in that one. <laughs> <laughs> a extra in that. that was before they even. Oh, also speaking of Dwight Howard, the whole soft at the when Dwight went to Houston and Kobe was calling him soft, soft after he left LA. But you know. You know, outside looking in, you see a comment like that, and you think like, "Wow, like Kobe's like a real, like Kobe's a real asshole." Mm-hmm. But then, if you think about it, the competitor that he is, he plays mental games. Like he, truly, if you think about it, I mean, what if it was just that that ultimate kind of like mind game to where he's trying to push you to the next level? I mean, and I think with the White Howard, that was like literally what he was trying to do, like. Because, I mean, the thing, the crazy thing with Dwight is, like, as talented as he was, is, like, him playing off with another superstar, it's taken till he got to the point with LeBron to where it's actually working. Like, it didn't really work with Dwight. I mean, it didn't really work with um, Kobe. Right. It definitely didn't work with James Harden. Um, but, like, uh, my buddy said, like, LeBron literally has the most compatible game for any other superstar to play with. And I know Dwight's not you know, at the top of his game where he was in Orlando and even when he was in Houston. But he's still uh, a very 
competent Dwight, basketball Dwight's player. Still a, in my opinion, Dwight's still a starting center in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's like, they start JaVel McGee, I think, over him mainly as a maintenance kind of thing because I know Dwight has probably got more mileage on him than JaVel McGee does because obviously because Dwight was more of a primetime player, so he played more minutes than JaVel McGee. But, yeah, like, I mean, he's still a starting caliber center, especially in this NBA where you don't play a lot of big men in the post. Like, well, Embiid. Do it, just catch a lot. Right. Embiid is a, is a rarity, and he even he plays away from the basket. Um. But the lasting memories of of Kobe for me will will be not just on the court, but the commercials. Um, if y'all are listening to this, go look up Kobe Bryant ankle insurance. That commercial <laughs> it gets me every time as Kobe is sitting on a fake horse. In a suit with his with his shoes on, sitting on a fake horse, talking about ankle insurance in the game of basketball, and the dude sprains his ankle, and like the dude's ankle is like spinning around, like doing a three sixty, and the horse whinnies. The fake horse whinnies, and Kobe tells the horse to shh. <laughs> it takes me out every time. Every time I watch that commercial, it takes me out. Um, that one, um, the uh, like the. The Kobe system commercials with like Serena and Kobe and yeah. uh, Kanye and all them, and the one with Kanye where he, Kanye looks at him and was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Kobe Bryant?" <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last hurrah with uh, him doing the uh, Otis Redding. I keep loving. I keep on love. I can't keep. Wait, what is it? I keep loving you, mm-hmm. but it was like I keep hating you, and it was all the haters. It was yeah. the, the dude in the Sacramento jersey. It was uh, Paul Pierce, Rasheed Wallace. Um, and then uh, Phil Jackson and one uh, with Jalen Rose. Oh, yeah. Let me get eighty-one. <laughs> 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 oh, that was too good, man. That was too good. All right. Well, um, it's it's a it's a a bittersweet and somber moment to talk about Kobe in this context, you know. But um, as we kind of shift gears here, basketball has been um, a connecting bond between you and me, I think, pretty much since the moment you came out the womb. Um, I will never forget the day that I got the news that you were coming. Um, ben, and, ben and I were not pleased whatsoever. Um, I remember the day I got the news that you were here. Um, we were outside in front of Nana's house playing with a... With uh, Lacey, uh, Irvin, and uh, a couple of other kids in the neighborhood that Ken knew. Mm-hmm. And Nana comes out and is like, yo, I'm going to have another boy. And me and Ben was just like, oh, we don't want another one. You know, we were mad. But um, so growing up, how difficult was I to deal with? Um, Dad, if you listen to this or if mom ever listened to this. Just know that uh, I'm being very respectful when I say this, but I hated my brother. <laughs> the feeling was very mutual. You know, um, for various different reasons why we didn't like each other. Of course, for me, it's just because I was a baby brother, so I had to had to put up with everything. Like, I caught everything. All because you caught everything from Ben, you know, just to kind of the way things rolled out. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's the way it is. 
Um, I mean, it was, it was times where, I, you know, you'd be taking a nap just because you can't help but fall asleep. And I'd just be looking at you like, man, there's a pillow right there. <laughs> 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 I mean, but as I as I got older, though, I, I mean, that's, that's just how it is. Like, it's, your siblings, like, you're not supposed to get along all the time, especially... Especially when you have an eight-year difference and a 12-year difference between your older brothers. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, just, you're just bound to just catch it all day, every day. Yeah. Um, like, it was pent-up aggression towards Ben. And then also it was, I was really annoyed by you. Because um, I was so cute, bro. You couldn't, you couldn't help Look, man, me. look. Yo, your boy was struggling as it is back in the day, man. Like, uh, you know... You know, I had that I had that leg glow up, but I'm not taking you anywhere. I went I went with him one time when he went somewhere. Him and uh Yunita went on a date and they went to the movies, so we went to the that Wendy's that's right there on Pass Road, right by Toya's apartment, right? Mm-hmm. And being the klutz that I am, you know how the the um the trash cans have the door? So I went to put the tray in the door, right? So I went to push it and like the door didn't open. I just didn't push it hard enough and all the food fell straight on the floor. And Ben looked at me, was just like I can't stand you. What did I have to yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. He good about doing that. Man. That was the only time I ever went anywhere really with him. So when I started driving and I had to take you everywhere, I was just so pissed off. I was just like, this is bullshit. This is such bullshit. Why do I, why am I stuck with him? Just like everywhere. And you were so cute and you, you know, had Ricky enamored. And when you think about it and you look back, like I really wasn't all that. Aside from the, the fact that I asked a lot of questions just because I was inquisitive all the time. Like mm-hmm. I really would just sit there. Yeah. No, no. Like in, in hindsight, like I was being an asshole. Um, like in hindsight, I was mad about a lot of stuff. Um, and at times I took it out on you. Like in hindsight, I definitely can can say that. Like the whole, go on, go on, say it, go on, say it. All right, look, y'all. So peep this, right? So we go to Waffle House one day. I'm like, oh man, my brother's about to be so great to me. He's about to, you know, buy me. I just want a waffle. That's all I want. So we get up there, and uh, a good family friend of ours referred to him as my cousin uh, Devon Narcisse. His mother, uh, Mama D, worked there at the time. So she like, hey y'all, how you doing? How's your mom, dad, this and that, you know, catching up, you know, casually and um she like, Well, what do y'all want? Byron order, I think it was like an all star meal or something like that. That's like all I ever get. <laughs> and then she was like, Okay, well uh well what about EJ? Like, he ain't getting nothing. And I looked. And I looked at her and she can see like the just the <laughs> she can just see my, my soul just like leave my body in that point. She like, Okay. Okay, and after of course at that time I that what I only think did you have a cell phone then? Nah, uh-uh. I didn't get a cell phone until I started dating Toya. Yeah, so I mean, when she I think as soon as we left she called dad, and by the time you got home, yeah, boy, I got it when I got home. That was that was a very ill advised decision on my part. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's it's all good. Uh, truthfully, I had always thought a lot of it before, like, you know, I got older and started, like, reading into everything and learning, you know, just about different situations, you know, that happened before I got there. Truthfully, I thought a lot of it was like, okay, well, EJ's short. And then all of a sudden, I go to Houston one summer and I come back, well, EJ ain't short no more. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of it, like, he was like, bro, like, I, he's tall, he's getting taller than me. I thought you were trying to take it out on me. No, no, like, I was, I was angry about a lot of stuff. I was angry at mom and dad for, like, not letting me quit basketball because I was miserable. Um, of course, I was getting bullied and stuff. Like, I mean, I don't know if dad really knew. Well, I know I've talked to him about it since I've gotten older, but, like, at the time, I don't know if he knew, but, like, I was getting bullied a lot um, at ball, and that's, that was the main reason I didn't want to play anymore. Um, like, I didn't know how else to handle it other than I don't want to be here. Um, there was that, and then, of course, dating was the shit. I mean, it was terrible. Basically, just teenage stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of teenage stuff. Um, yeah, it was a lot of teenage stuff, and, like, obviously, I didn't have the... I had the ideas of where I'm at now, but obviously I didn't have any of the coping strategies or anything like that. Shit. I mean, I didn't really have them most of the time while I was married up until like the last couple of years of it. But even then I was kind of in over my head with it, you know, in the whole situation I was in over my head. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff I was just angry about that. I, I didn't know how to handle other than just kind of like spaz out on you because you were easy target. You were my little brother and you couldn't really fight me back. Like, I mean, even though I wasn't going to like physically fight you, but you know, there was little recourse you could have done to like hurt me in those times. So that was like a large reason why I took it out on you. Cause I mean, dad wouldn't listen when I was like, look, I'm miserable and these kids are messing with me and I don't want to do this. Um, but of course, you know, dad's thing, and and that's one thing I'll ask you in a little bit. You know, dad's thing is you start something, you finish it. Um, and that's not something I necessarily had to do with Naora because with guard, she she's like driven to do it. Like she's like, I want to do this. Like I want to get better and better at it. Like and it's helping me kind of deal with my anxiety, even though it still causes me anxiety. But I'm like absolutely driven to do this, and it's fun, and I get away from mom and. I can spend time with you, so you know that's the thing where I don't never necessarily have to preach to her about continuing to do it. But um, as time has gone on, believe it or not, you've become one of my closest friends. That makes my heart smile. Yeah, like you know, I mean, me and Dust are still cool, but we don't. Of course, we don't talk all the time like that no more, and that's that's kind of how he's all how he always has been. But it's not it's not like with Roger where Roger was just like not putting anything to the relationship. If I had dusted up, he'll answer the phone. Um, but you know, it's that thing as we've gotten older, we don't talk to each other as much anymore. It's like even with Ricky, me and Rick don't talk every day. But of course, it ain't like he ain't my best friend. Right. But with you, once you got like through high school and when you came to Hattiesburg, I that did absolute wonders for our relationship. So, as adults, and your time in Hattiesburg, how do you see the relationship between you and me evolving as you got to college? Um, I think it took a lot of vulnerable situations on, like, both of our parts, like, that we were going through personally, uh, you know, with me, um, you know, between school. Uh, she knows about that, right? Who? Kim. About what? My fraternity stuff? Mm-mm. What? That day you had me go in the car with you. 
I don't know. I don't know. Because I really don't remember what you're talking about. No, no, no. Hey, hey, Barn. Hey, come ride with me. Okay. So what happened? Man. Let's go, man. Nah, I don't know. Truthfully, I don't know what you, I don't remember what you're talking about. So here's the thing. Okay, go ahead. So I have a lot of, like my memories, I had a lot of really, really good memories in college. A lot of really, really bad memories. It was in the bad memory column. Um, and see, and a lot of the stuff that's in both columns are in the middle to where I don't remember. Mm. Because at that time, man, life was a blur. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, look, yo, you and Ben's college experience, well, like all three of our college experiences were like so weirdly different. Like it was a blur. Um, but I'll say like as far as our relationship, um, especially like like going to the football games, like you meet up uh, with you over there, or especially when we moved to Vertical Street, you know, by Hattiesburg High, y'all stayed on the other side. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I had started riding my skateboard and I come over there, you know, just hang out, kick it. Um, being with you in a kind of... A- in a kind of adult vibe, really did wonders for our relationship because then I'm no longer the annoying little brother. I'm like this semi cool, like young man is like coming to his own and like, you're all right with me, young blood. You're all right with me. Oh, yeah. Like, um, um, I think one of the first times I'm like, we absolutely, I was like, yo, this is like really fun spending time with him. I think, I think it was like, you were in college, so we'll see. What are we like? Am I? I know it was Toya's birthday, and she had a birthday party, and you came by and like getting to hang out and kick it with you. Oh yeah, because we was uh, we was I was grilling on a little pit on a little on the <laughs> that little bitty ass pit. Yeah, <laughs> man, yeah, like, but that was like a really really fun time to really that I hardly ever had with you. That like even as I was dealing with you know the ups and downs of the marriage, and this was before it got like really rough. Um, that was like, oh, well, I can hang out with my older, my my younger brother now and kick it with him, and like, well, this is kind of fun. Um, but uh, the epitome of it for me is uh my birthday. Oh, man. <laughs> I think yeah, I think I turned I turned twenty eight, and this was before my knee my knee injury, so I was still playing golf. So it was a nice, warm February twelfth. Um. Eight years ago, since so it was in 2012, um, I'm like, hey, I got the day off. It's my birthday. Hey, Jay, what you doing? Man. Oh, shut up, man. Oh, happy birthday, B. I'm like, thanks. You okay? Man, I went out last night. I'm like, you good? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm like, hey, I'm about to go play golf, man. Why don't you come with me? <sighs> I, I guess we're like, uh, I guess. Let's go scoop you, boy. Cause I didn't have a car, so you know, at that time I didn't have a car, so of course I had to wait for him. And I'm like, man, I walked outside and the sun, man, I, I would have thought, man, like, you know, like, you know, like you get one of them whoopers back in the day that you don't expect, like you just walk into it, like it just hit you. Oh, dad got me one time like that, real good. That's how the sun, man, hit me, just, just, just took it all out of me, like, and like, I, like, like, literally, I can taste the vodka in my mouth right now. <laughs> Damn, that was eight years ago. It was eight years ago, but that impacted my life on so many levels. Mm. To the point to where what you was just no, I think I think I was driving a golf cart, uh, drive, driving a golf cart. Mm-hmm. We had to pull over every now and then because I got to throw up. Because <laughs> I had to throw up. Man, he got in the car. He was like, "Man, can you buy me a Power Eight? Oh, rip! He was like, "Hey, can you give me a Power Eight bar?" I'm like, 
all right, like, are you okay? He's like, man, I'm, I'm messed up right now, B. Mm-hmm. I'm so messed up right now. I'm like, damn. Because, <laughs> I mean, because always, you know, because of sports, like, you know, I, I never really, especially, like, in high school, like, you know, I didn't drink a lot of anything like that. Like, <laughs> But, of course, as I got to college, even running track at USM, we went hard. Like, mm-hmm. we went, and that was one of those nights where, like, I was proud of myself because, one, I ain't die. Two, I ended up back at the, you know, at my dorm room. So here's a part of the story that I never told you. Right? Oh. So we get back there, right? Mm-hmm. With some with some college friends. I don't think Mo was with me. I think Mo, I think Mo was. Uh, they had one somewhere else. So when we got back, literally, I am in my boxers, a muscle shirt. <laughs> I got aviator sunglasses on and some Nike socks, and I, I am getting like I'm getting in the blocks in the hallway. And every, like everybody, for some reason, everybody on the, in the hall was drunk. And they was like, well, you mark, get set, go. And we would literally race from the first floor up the stairs all the way to the top of CP3 and run back down. Oh, my God. And if you lost, you had to drink again. <laughs> I ain't lose too many times. But I was already drunk and I was like, well, I'll drink with you. I drink. So by the time I get to the room, I don't even think Devon was even there. I think Devon had went off and he was somewhere else. By the time I got to the room, like, I laid down. So, I had these, y'all, I had these, man, I had these dunks. They were so cold. They were navy blue, had to, had, they were high tops, man. Had the nice, uh, it was, like, blue and, like, kind of, like, kind of, like, highlighter, like, kind of colors on the back. I couldn't make it to the trash can. Oh, no. <laughs> so, literally, <laughs> I reached down. I got this size 13 shoe in my hand. I was just like, oh, my God, what about, uh, Oh, oh no! Oh, like my shoe! Oh no! My shoe! Oh no! Oh man! So my walk of shame that morning was getting up and taking my taking my uh, prized possession to me at the time. My shoes to the dumpster. Oh no! <laughs> oh it's a, oh this oh my god that beat that beat the pledge story. The play, the the the, uh, the fraternity story. Yeah, no, we ain't do all no. We uh-uh. wasn't even like that, man. Man, I had a, I had a pleasant a pleasant pleasant time. Pleasant time. <laughs> and that's what we gonna do. Okay, okay. <laughs> I I will I will say I will say that day you came to visit me. Um, while you were online was a uh, was a building was a foundational period, a foundational moment in our relationship. Definitely, I knew that I can count on you to always. Uh, lend a helping hand to pray for a brother to to be there to uplift me in my time of need when I just I just needed a friend and that friend just happened to be your big brother who that's literally real. lived around the corner that's real nah that was just one of those times man just you know you gotta you gotta get away from just everything in life going on and what better to do than just to ride the skateboard over and kick you with your big brother I ain't gonna tell you what happened I, folks I'm not gonna say what happened when, when he opened up the door Nah, man, because it's, you know. But uh, he had a vulnerable moment, guys, and uh, I was there for him as his big brother. I was there. Nah, I ain't going to say it. You, you're in a safe place. You're in the trust tree. Nah, we cool, bro. Okay. Disclaimer. Five Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated is a non-hazing organization. We don't tolerate none of that. <laughs> For all you people out there listening, you don't go down like that. I can assure you, take my word for it. I wouldn't lie to you. 
We here at the Captain Couch, uh, Captain's Couch do not condone um, hazing in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. Nor do we believe as a as a uh, a non-member of a uh, Greek organization, specifically of the Divine Nine, that we believe that those things take place. We would never ask questions about such things ever, whether that being your brother or your girlfriend or your co-workers or whomever it may be that may be associated to you. And if you did, you'd die. Yeah, and um, I like living. As Dr. Dre uh, once said, um, I ain't leaving. I like breathing. Yeah. So, we are, today is January 26th. We are... I can tell you, hold on. Oh, hang on. Oh, this man got a countdown. I do, man. Uh, shout out to the Zola app, which my fiance put me on. We keep track of everything. Hey. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So we 19 days away. Oh! 19 days away. And if, if for y'all, for those of you who don't know who I am, I've been getting married uh, 19 days from now. On Valentine's Day? <laughs> getting married on Valentine's Day, so... Uh, uh, if you haven't figured out, that's the one of the you know that's the main reason why I'm here today to mm-hmm. to I guess give a little insight on the journey that I'm about to embark on or whatever it is about to happen. Whatever it is, I'm I'm down for it though. Amen. I'm down. So uh, first things first. Um, so Kim's been around now for how long? Since 2015, as far as around y'all, since 2015. Okay. So I got to meet my soon-to-be sister-in-law about four years ago. Um, and not gonna lie, I was like, huh, I like her. Something about her that's real, like, different, even keel, you know, she's funny, you know, she's got a good spirit about her, um, great head on her shoulders, and I could tell. I could just notice in just like the way that y'all interact with each other that if something like was really just like, like, yo, this is clicking like really well. So how'd y'all get started? How did things kind of get started with the two of y'all? Oh, man. So, um, so 2010, uh, Southern Miss, uh, shout out to the bird where it all began. To the top. Um, one of my best friends in, uh, Morris Bailey the fourth, um, his girlfriend at the time, when we, uh, at that time, was Kim's roommate. So, because being mutual friends, see her out and about. Um, you know, we speak high and by things of that nature. It wasn't probably until, as she claims, the second semester until like we kind of made something of those attractions that we had. But that was the first time that I had like spoke to her. Like, in, you know, more or less we were talking. But I tell you, man, I was not a good guy back then. Mm. You know, uh, you talk about, um, you know, you listen to the show and you've heard Byron discuss, um, you know, the idea of male, you know, like, like being a very toxic male. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old EJ. Yeah, bro. Poster child. Poster child for it. So, I mean... So, just to be frank at the time, you know, it's in the past. And, and I've always, I've never hid from him, never ran from him. And, like, at the time when I would be conversing with Kim, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time. Whew, that's tough. Mm, really so, tough. so that thing that you were like, I don't know what you're talking about, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we very so it's at this point it's a joke now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, you're 18, 19 years old, trying to play like you, you know, you're in a serious relationship, and at the time, you know, you think you are, but really, really, you have no idea how that really is supposed to go. But you don't figure that out till later on in life, anyway. Yeah, like I I heard somebody say this not that long ago, and like I think it even speaks true from like even me for my marriage is. That you love somebody with you love somebody with the idea of what you know love to be at that moment in right. your life. Like, I mean, even even with me and Toya, what I thought love was is drastically different now than even now how I see what it is to be with Alex. Yeah. Like, it feels a lot healthier. Right. So I mean, yeah, that um and then she ended up, uh, she ended up leaving Southern Miss and transfer, and she moved back to Alabama and transferred to Troy University, where she ended up you know, later on graduating from. So you had that first instance, and then the second instance, uh, you know, they had came down, uh, her and her cousin came down to uh, to Southern Miss. I went to Hattiesburg and we ch- we kicked it and everything, and then of course, me being a bad guy, me being what I thought was cool, ain't really all that cool, you know. You know, especially to put people through that. That ain't that ain't what's popping for her and the other person out involved. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, never never hear from her. Always on though too. So I mean, it's just like so you had that that situation happen. Cool. She was like, boom, I'm done with you. And then as she claims it, like I I hit her with like the boldest statement like she's ever heard in her life. So like after all this has happened and transpired second time, you know, we were watching. We were watching the finals. The Heat was playing, and uh, actually, it might have been the game before the the tornado had happened or something like that. Oh yeah, Ooh, what year? That was a thirteen. So y'all won that year. Yeah, so it would have been around that time. Oh yeah, because that was that was during the uh, that was the Heat Spurs final. Yeah, the one that the Heat won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, so, that tornado scared the shit out of me. So I hit it with the boat, like as she says, the boat is saying. So after all this has transpired. I was like, can I still be your friend? Mm-hmm. She was like, what? And then she, you know, after me, you know, doing a lot of talking and trying to mull over the situation, you know, she agreed to it. And she let, from then, she had always been like, random text, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, you okay? Or, you know, things of that nature, which is fine, you know. What happened, happened. We both... Step, step, you know, to the side and, and went opposite directions. So, fast forward, 2015, I had just went through another. And I'm not one to to speak. I'm not one to speak on anything that anybody can't speak for on themselves like that they're not here. So, I'll just say that that relationship was, on a scale of 1 to 10, of how bad and how much I was right, just through with everything like I, I it was a solid ten. like so when i moved home yeah that was a toxic the way that ended was a toxic ball i thought like mine was probably a 10.5 the way yeah. mine ended but that was close yeah and i mean and, and looking back at of course again i wasn't perfect but you know it's a mixture of a lot of a lot of different things going on it just that situation just wasn't good for, for both for myself and the the woman out that it was involved in so mm-hmm 
fast forward it's 2015 and you can see it actually you can read it on the website uh, on my wedding website like i'm laying down on the floor like vividly i can see it right now um i'm bored but i'm not bored like, i'm watching tv like i'm just laying there playing on my phone like hey i'm gonna text kim and i did and from there we're about to get married in 2020 so i mean literally um you know, on the wedding website, it, you know, we discuss about our ups and our downs. Mm-hmm. Really, really good ups. And when I say downs, I mean, hey, it was it, we, we've hit very low points. Um, still not perfect. But um, at the point to where I'm at right now, especially being so close, you know, it's either you're all in or you're not. Yeah, which that decision has to be made even well, well before you even get on your knee to even ask anybody for that. So I'm at the point to where now, like I'm ready to get up there, look this woman in the eye, like, hey, man, let's do this shit. Mm-hmm. So when did you know? Hmm. I feel like every time she asks me, my my answer changes just because it's not truthfully. It's not just one moment that you can describe that. Yeah. Because it's never, never, like, unless it's something just, like, over the top through the moon, like, it's never just one moment. It's a culmination of a few things that you put together, and it's like, well, I got A, B, C, and D, and oh, wait, I got the rest of the alphabet. You put all that together, man, like, that feeling, like, when, when it finally hits you and you're not afraid of it, because a lot of a lot of actions that we, we have and a lot of actions we take, it's because we're afraid of it. Yeah. Whether you're afraid of how good it can be or how bad it can be, everything is dictated on fear. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how you address it. So I'm looking at it. I mean, and I'm I'm looking at it in the eyes like, hey, like I'm I'm, I'm here and I'm ready and I'm willing. Like I know it ain't gonna be tough, you know. But I mean, I'm not, not tough. I know it's not gonna be easy. But I'm here. I'm, I'm ready to get down with it, though. Mm-hmm. So, what is the so the day comes right? So we're 19 days away. What is the the one thing that you're hoping happens on the wet day? I don't cry. <laughs> I got. Oh, so you look, gonna cry? So you gonna cry? Good people, hit, hit me out right. You gonna cry? I like to take I like to take uh, pride in myself in being uh, you know somebody who's very who's very capable of withstanding a lot of different emotions and keeping themselves composed. So there is money on the line that I will cry when Kim walks down the aisle, and I tell you what, I'm gonna be out there. My face is gonna be dry. You think I'll be walking in the desert? So we here at the Captain's Couch fully endorse the vulnerability of men, and we endorse crying of men. Also, also here in the Captain's Couch, the Captain's money is not on the line. So the Captain will poke, will poke and prod at EJ to ensure that it does happen, because I think he's going to crack, and he's going to cry. Let's see, Pete, this right. I've cried before, mm-hmm. but you know how competitive I am. Mind you, people, this is the same person who, when our great grandmother passed away in 2011, held the thuggest of face while crying absolute buckets of tears <laughs> as the procession is going on, and and her uh, her funeral program is sitting right here on the table. 
Um, and I got a frame. I'm gonna put it up there next day in the lanes. Uh, mom, like I'm sitting on the front row. I'm sitting between uh, Dante and uh, and Ben. Was it Ben? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on the front row. I thought it was CJ. It might. Well, no, it was somebody. It was either CJ or Ben. It was one somebody that was bulky. It wasn't a small person. Yeah, somebody. yeah, it was Dante and CJ. Because I think Dante was on my left, and then he was sitting next to Ben, and then CJ was on my right, and then you were sitting in the chair behind us. Um, so he's sitting in the chair behind me, so I can't really see him. And I'm sitting forward, and I'm trying not to cry because I'm like the next to last person to cry. On on the on the on the road because I think Dante no I broke before Dante I think Dante was last and Ben's boo hooing like literally boo hooing when Ben cries he boo hoos and it's like yo our older brother is not a small person out of nowhere mom taps me on the shoulder and goes hang your brother some tissue please and I turn to look and he looks like. Somebody owes him $200 and that person just died and he'll never get his money back. <laughs> that is literally the look you had on your face. It's just like you're crying because you're like, I'm not going to get my money back. I'm not going to get my money back. Even though it's our great grandmother and like you and, gra- and you and granny were super close and you're just like pouring buckets. Like I'm like, yo. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mad cryer. I, I, I'm a mad cryer. Um, so... Kids on the table? Yeah, kids on the table. Um, not till after a year. Okay. Um, but yeah, kids is on the table. And um, I look forward to having somebody else to yell at on the basketball court, aside from my nephews. Um, you know, I don't I don't have to yell at Beth or anything because she's so sweet. And just, that's my baby. Mm-hmm. That's my baby girl, too. And mainly, well, I don't yell at her. I'm more firm and direct and... Like what she calls the daddy voice. Yeah. She knows when like I switch from happy joking goofy dad to look. That switch she's just yeah. like, Yes sir. I mean, you've seen me coach before. I mm-hmm. mean it's not yeah, I mean I'll raise my voice. I yell if I have to, but yeah, I, I uh like to think that I'm a another version of Kelton Thompson. Mm. Just cause I mean, you know the game, but you just you got that edge you gotta have that edge. Like, you know, he tells he always told the story of you gonna be the alley cat or the house cat? Who you think gonna win in a fight match? I mean, I mean Vader already missing a fame because he got beat. He got beat up before we found him. Hey man, you got to scrap. You got to scrap. So, kids happen. What's the thing that you look forward to imparting into your child that you've picked up in life? Um, seize the moment. Carpe diem. Um, just everything that you go through, whether it's good or a bad moment, it all has its own lessons that you have to learn from it. So in that moment, really slow down life and think and process everything that's going on so you can take whatever you need from it, whether it's a, it's a success or a failure, to either be successful again or if you're failing at it again, you just... You're learning more and more ways not to not to do that, not to fail. So, um, yeah, just really, really seizing the moment and love, just to 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 put love in the atmosphere. Um, being being we grew up in a small town, uh, you know, even though we're on the coast, where you think you know it's more 
populated portion of Mississippi. Like, this is still a small town. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everybody, and if somebody passes away or somebody, you know, like Tank goes to the NFL or hey, shout out to Tank Williams, baby. You know that love that you have for each other in the community. You know, just I want my child, whether it's a male or a female, to just love people for who they are, to see the good in everybody. Don't get played. I don't don't take that for you know just giving handouts and getting you know not getting anything in return. But you can always. Even in law enforcement, being in law enforcement, you can always see the good in people. Like, yeah, I may have just arrested this person because they have however many pounds of of whatever. But after having a conversation with them, I can see, hey, man, you're not as bad as what they're portraying you. You just make some terrible decisions. But when this is all said and done, you can bounce back from it. Right. It's not going to be easy, but there's always a way. So I just... You know, the idea of just, you know, seeing people for who they really are and just love people for, for being who they are. So what's the thing that you want to, that you love, that you want to pass on to your kid, boy or girl, especially when we talk about Kobe? And the thing I actually, I respect more than anything about Kobe, especially now that he's no longer with us, is how he passed on his love of the game of basketball to his daughter. And I know for a lot of our, a lot of the, athletes that we see that second coming we don't really we didn't get, really don't get to see that passing of the torch from father to daughter especially right. like in basketball like Carl Malone's a shitty father um and Jordan well he had his sons his daughter didn't play basketball where his daughter his sons did you know Braun with his son Wade with his son Melo with his son but Kobe had a daughter mm-hmm. and you know she's no longer with us now but him passing on that love of the game to her was like something that was like really, really cool to see. Yeah. So, I mean, you go on to that, you already know my answer. Basketball. It's basketball. And it, it could be football, but, but basketball, man, just the love for the game. Like, I mean, from the time we can, I can remember, like, dad had us with a basketball. You know, we always try to work on our game. Even in high school, when we weren't the best on our team, we still brought aspects to it that needed to be there. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> like, I can remember – when we was in Hazard, like, hey, Bonnie, you want to come watch you play basketball? Man, I guess. Well, damn, well, brother, you really done, uh, you done, you done, you done came, you done came a long way. You started out shining yourself, yeah? <laughs> what you mean? Like, you know, remember you used to come out there, we'd be on Fifth Street, or you know, I'd be like, hey, I'm about to go get some shots up. And you'd be like, hey, bro, like, you, 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 uh, you're pretty, pretty oh, good. yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Ball player, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was, that was crazy to see, um, when you came to college. Cause like the thing, cause like I missed a lot of your time when you were in high school playing. Cause I was working, raising a family. You know, at that point, Toya got sick, so I was the only one working. And, oh, and I was in grad school at the time, mm-hmm. so I had like no time, no free time to see you. So, like, it was really cool that like I happened to be at work the night that y'all won state championship. Um, and like I literally made the patients at the psych hospital I worked at, I made them sit and watch high school basketball. It was Bayhan Stanislaus, and some of them were like, Man, what are we watching? And I was looking at them like, Because I said we're watching it. Watched the whole game. They went to bed. I sat down there, and the nurses were like, Man, you, you know, y'all can't be sitting down. And I'm like, Man, look, my brother is about to win state championship. Let me finish watching this game. Y'all win, and I'm down there just party they'll see me on i'm sure they looked at the camera that night and see me just fist pumping like crazy after bay high one 
And I then proceeded to run into Gabe Willis like a couple of days later and gave him the blues at the barbershop. And he's just like, he walked in there like, like he had a trench coat on trying to hide his face. He's like, I, I, how, how you doing, Byron? I'm like, mm-hmm, I see you over that gate. I didn't even get to play then, bro. Yeah. That is, I saw uh, like three games before that. Uh, Zoe had, I had, we ran into each other at practice and he dead legged me in my thigh. Mm-hmm. And it swelled up so like large, like I can barely bend my leg. So by the time I had, we got to the state championship game. Like I was actually, that was my first time actually running and jumping back on it. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to play then, but <clears throat> I, you know, especially like if something that I want to steal to my my child, whether boy or girl, is the idea of basketball. Because even after you're done, you're never done. Mm-mm. Like anytime you step on your on the court, like the idea is for you to get better. And that, and if I can teach them that at a young age, that carries on through everything else. I'm like, anytime you step out the house, whether you're going to work, whether you're going to work out, whether you whatever you're about to go do, the goal is to be better than you were yesterday. Yeah. So like, I took that and I ran with like, cause in college, I would get done with track practice and we'd go to the paint center and I'm hooping. Mm-hmm. Like I'm hooping and go Sundays at Fifth Street out there with the hood cats playing ball. I'm hooping like, and then like I can think. I, I think once you see me play ball in college, you was like, "We can do something with this here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was definitely crazy to see like, like college age EJ like morph into his own like on the basketball court. Because of course, like, um, I think you were like 14. I think when you finally beat me, I was 12. Come, on. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Oh, it was the Damn. Year, the year before Katrina. <laughs> oh, God. I was 20 years old. So, I'm 20 years old. Um, I'm, I'm like year I'm like year one into the, oh, I have a girlfriend and now I'm a father thing. So, I come home um, to see mom, dad, and see my girlfriend at the time, my ex-wife uh, now. Um, and I came and Jay's like, man, come, let's go play ball. I'm like, all right, bet. So I think you had just about started hitting your growth spurt at that point. Yeah, my first one, yeah. Yeah, his first growth spurt, asshole. Um, so you were like, you were like probably like a couple inches shorter than me at that point. But I still had my first step, so mm-hmm. I still could get bad. I still could get by you. Had a couple nice smooth layups, but boy, the boy, your boy got winded. And that and that cardio, they like them them young legs kicked in, yep. and uh, that was a wrap for your boy. I had to go and go and concede defeat, and I'm pretty certain it was like the last time I played basketball for like almost a decade. Nah, you played after that because you had to tell Mikey up that night. Oh that. yeah, I, yeah. I know. I don't know if you listen to this, Mikey, but uh, we were just talking about that last week when they were down here. <laughs> Me, Mikey was like, Mikey was like, I ain't forgot. I'm like, dog, that was ten years ago. He's like, B, I ain't never forget. I'm like, all right, bet, cool. Um, yeah, but like, because of course, like for me, uh, nerd culture was the thing that I imparted in I. Like, I tried basketball, and football rubbed off a little bit. You know, where she's like, oh well, yeah, we root for the Bucks, but you know, I know that's my dad's thing, and I just kind of, you know, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But nerd culture is the thing that absolutely took with her. That and because the thing I taught, the, the main thing, one of the biggest things I've constantly taught now, or it's kind of what you were talking about, is showing being compassionate. 
Because I've noticed that Nia is one of those kids that if if a kid's having a tough time, she's empathetic and goes and talks to him and checks on him. That's one thing I've definitely noticed in her. And I'm like, wow, that is that is definitely my kid. Because I was that kid. And like, like I put, I put on a podcast and I don't know if I, like I said, I don't know if I ever told Courtney that or if she listened to it. They're like, she usually ended up on the path that I'm on um, with what I'm doing right now. But man, hearing you talking about planning for a future of being a father and getting married, it just, it hit different for, you know, saying that this is my baby brother that like, I literally remember the conversations of mom and dad saying that you were coming into the world. And now that you got to be 28, you're getting married. And I'm like, damn, this is so cool. Like, this is a really good birthday present to see my little brother get married. Like, I know, I know we joke about my wedding and everything. Um, You know, I was happy and I'm still thankful to this day, no matter how things went down, that you were there for me on that day. And if I walk down the aisle again, I know you're going to be there and and probably even happier this time around. I was happy then. I know. I know. You. Yeah. I mean, you hmm. seen that picture? Ooh, he was dark. Yo, you were so dark in that picture. I was, I was in, you got married when? I got married in August. No, I got married in September. That's the middle of football season. <laughs> Man, the funny thing—the funny thing is, like, Alex asked me like what day I got married, and I like actually had to remember because I don't remember it anymore. Yeah, that's. I look at that picture. I'm like, boy, I know that's football. Is either football or track? Because I know, like, I was crispy. So it was 2008. So it had to be football. Yeah, that's football. Ooh, yeah, you was. Yeah. So you know, I got that weird, like, like my skin complexion. Like, if it's hot outside, like, it don't take long for me to, like, tan, I guess. Oh, nah. And then, in the summer, like, in the winter months, I sit inside and I just get brighter and brighter and brighter. Like, like for real, I didn't realize, like, how much lighter Nye got since outdoor season ended mm-hmm. until we were riding in the car. Um, like, I think yesterday to go help the guard out. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, she's back to her regular complexion. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's January. We, she hadn't been outdoors since November. Yeah. Because, oh, man, I'm glad outdoor season's over with. But, man, look. Thanks for having Thanks for coming like, on, Jay. Don't look at me like that, bro. What? Don't look at me like, like, like you're just that proud big brother. I am. Man, I, nah, I, um, I appreciate you for having me. I appreciate you for being alone for the ride. Um, I appreciate being there um, through everything that you've been through. Like, I've learned a lot, and um, I'm very thankful for you to be my big brother. Thanks, man. You know, you and you and Ben, and I mean, even though Dante is not my, my biological brother, oh, yeah. he's my, my first cousin. He's my first cousin. Dante, by the, uh, you know, Dante and Mikey, you know, they're, like, they're about as close as you can get to brother. So, like, I appreciate, oh, yeah. I pre- I appreciate you all, you know, for... Help, help me, God, you know, get through get through a lot of things that uh, I went through. And, uh, we ain't done yet, though. Oh, no. No, we not. We ain't done yet. No, we not. Besides, Alexa, play Sometimes I Cry by Eric Benet. Sometimes I Cry by Eric Benet from Tidal. It's such a good song, though. It's mm-hmm. such a good song, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, in 19 days. 19 days. As 
Kim's walking down the aisle and me and Ben are standing there with you. You just standing there just I don't even know what song yet what song's gonna play as she's walking down the aisle. So you know what's gonna happen, right? What? You know how goofy I'm gonna end up acting just so I don't do it? Oh, I believe it. No, um Oh, it's a, uh, it's that uh Bill Burr bit of uh you know men can't cry it's like you watching this 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 really tough scene in this movie and your and your girl's crying and you're just sitting there because you can't cry and it's like I wonder if Sean Penn gets hitting the balls right now. Yeah, it's crazy, man. You know we always talk about like the wood and everything, man. I found my Alicia, bro. Oh man, there it is. There it is. There it is. Hey people. I appreciate y'all for listening to me talk because I know I ain't you. You know, it's, it's you. I'm glad you're here on the captain's couch. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in front of the client's house waiting for them to get home when I did that. I was just like, I didn't have my microphone or whatever. I was just like, let me record this real quick so I can put it on there. And they have like wind chimes that sit on their uh, the porch. So that's the. Is that what? Okay. Yeah, it's wind chimes. Okay. So yeah, I, I was. Thought you had Vader playing some chimes over there. No, nah, I wasn't even in my house. Like I was just sitting, like because I had to wait for them to get home, like because they knew I was coming. I was like, oh, we on the way. We, we saw Mister Bond. We on the way. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm sitting there. And they got the little swing on their porch or whatever, and they got the wind chimes. The light little breeze was blowing, and you hit a yeah. ding ding. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. For sure. So yeah, thanks thanks for coming on, Jay. I have successfully had my first guest on the show. I don't even know what I'm gonna talk about next week. Um, I think maybe I'll talk about panic disorder next week because I didn't do that type of anxiety disorder yet. I hadn't done LCD yet either. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to The Captain's Couch. Um, Didn't get a review this week, so I'll play sad music next week. I didn't want to compound sad music on top of Kobe Bryant's passing. Um, So, leave me a five-star review. Yeah, and straight up, I'll get anybody out there that listen to this, I'll give y'all $100 if you can lick your elbow. I feel like I've been serious this whole time. So they don't know, they don't know how goofy I am. But yeah, bro, two hundred dollars out there on the table. You lick your elbow, come see me. And his mom was like this, where Alex is like, "Oh, I can see why y'all are brothers." Big uh, trust. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Congregation, would you turn your text to the book about cast? Chapter 2, verse 1, the first one to feel me. Jump up and make a joyful noise, you've outcast it. Meaning, now you have a choice like that. Don't you